0: And welcome to a brand new edition of the GoShine News Sports Podcast. Austin Huff, Evan Leepak, with you on this fine Tuesday afternoon. We're taping on peas. Yeah, please pop uh, all those peas. (laughs) Peter Piper picked a peckled pepper from Papa John's. The pepperoni thing. The the uh, little uh, you know the thing that comes with the pizza.
1: It's banana pepper, I think.
0: It's not a banana pepper. It's their own. It's not a banana pepper. It's like a.
1: It's their own thing. Papa John's came up with a pepper.
0: Yeah, the little peppercini thing.
1: I don't. I don't use it. What are you supposed to do? Put it on the uh, juice? The juice on the pizza?
0: No, you're supposed to just eat it.
1: I've never done it.
0: I've never eaten it either. Anyway, um there you go. That's the episode. End right there. Yeah. <laughs> Sponsorship, anyone? Sponsorship.
1: This is presented by nope. Just no, kidding. we don't have a presenting sponsor.
0: <laughs> we're not that cool. Um yeah, we uh we're back. Uh had Ball a great Sports. great week last Keep week. Dwindling. Bill Sharp came on last week. That's that was a great Bill. episode. Bill. Uh highest listened to episode of the month, according to the analytics. So Thanks, Bill. Thank you for Popping a big rating for us, Bill. That's great. Um, And uh, we'll talk some football later in the show. But first, as Evan alluded to, we have had uh, the dwindling of fall sports, as I think you said. I did. Um, We are done with, at least for our area. Well, cross country is done no matter what in the Mm -hmm. state. That Mm -hmm. is completely done. And the high school volleyball season for our local teams has also been finished up. So we will start with the happier news of cross country. Uh we had an all-state runner, Westview almost said Jr. He's a freshman. He's a freshman. Dun, 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 dun. Noah Bontrager finished twelfth at the state meet. Fifteen forty-one was his time. Uh the winner was Carmel's Cole Matison, fifteen oh two. The guy's pretty good.
1: Wait, what's the um Placement is it top ten or all American? Top
0: twenty are all state.
1: Okay, so he's all state.
0: That's why I said he was an all state runner. Love that. Top twenty are in all state. Cole Matisse won the race. Carmel. He also won the mental attitude award, and Carmel won the team championship. So pretty good day for Cole.
1: Carmel, I mean, does that yeah. surprise you? <laughs>
0: yeah. Shout <laughs> out <really>. Noble. Shout <laughs> out uh, Noblesville, by the way. Noblesville on Saturday won girls cross country. Both, and then both boys and girls soccer state championships. So, they won three state titles on Saturday. Titletown. How about that? Noblesville. Yeah. Uh, anyway, for our local people, like I said, Noah was 12th. Uh, good showing for him. Uh, the Northridge boys team finished 8th in the standings. The best finish for any team north of Indianapolis. So, that's pretty good. Uh, Jackson Miller was 29th in his final race, 16.02 was his time, um, his younger brother Baylor came in at 16.20, So, and then uh, David Gingrich, 16.40, Will Knox, 16.53, Mark Hernandez, 17 minutes exactly, those are the five scores that counted for the team, Xavier Miller also went 17.09, and Jonathan... Spitcher, Spicher, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. I apologize, Spitcher. Jonathan. I S-P-I-C-H-E-R, Sorry, 1720. Uh, Goshen boys, the team, 15th place. Uh, Tommy Claxton, once again, led the way, 1607. Luis Loera, Arambula, he has an added name now, uh, 1619. Dorian Diaz, 1650. Alexander Lopez, 1719. Peter Moser, 1803. Those were the five times that counted for them. And then Lincoln Clark, 1833, and Brady Abney, 1906, also ran. Oh, hit the screen. Uh, so if you heard that on the – just touched the screen with my phone. Called yourself out. If you heard it, sorry. We're having weird mic issues too, so you might hear a lot of other things. Um, and then uh, three Northridge girls, individuals. They did not run as a team, but they all placed in the top 55 to the state meet. Temmie Bayless, 33rd, 1903. Dakota Moore, freshman, 49th, 1926. Haley Heil, 55th, 1929. Four years, Haley Heil ran at the state meet, twice as an individual, twice with her team. So congratulations on that. That's a very nice accomplishment. For, Great career. Yeah, I mean, not everyone gets to go state four years, you know. So that's impressive. Um, apparently, Dakota fell down about halfway through the race, and then she had to get back up, and she rallied to get 50th, or in the top fifty. That's impressive. Uh, yeah.
1: That's what Ryan said.
0: Yep. Yeah, that's his quote. So, Believe um. It or not,
1: yeah, it says that actually right there. It does. Yes. Actually fell.
0: Yeah, it actually fell. <laughs> she um, actually fell at the 2K mark. So, all in all, I would say a very good high school girls season. So.
1: Yeah. Girls or boys? Or both?
0: And both. Did I say girls? I meant to say both. Yeah. cross country both both of them had really good I would say really good seasons like no, the, I would say the state meet no one no one necessarily disappointed everyone performed I think above their projections or mm-hmm. close to their projections like Noah was if you want to go by technically he was seeded 8th finished 12th I like guess pretty close to what he was going to be um, you know the Northridge boys were projected to be 10th they got 8th Goshen was in that 17 to 19 range they got 15th so like you know, that's pretty good. It's exactly where we kinda of thought they would be. Um you know, it would have been nice maybe to get Jackson Miller or Tommy Claxon on the podium too, but you know, it's a really good year, man. It's a really good year for running in the state, so it's it's tough. It's tough to break that top twenty. So
1: Especially after last year with what we had. Especially on the boys' side. Yeah. Yeah. Still had a pretty decent showing a year yeah. after losing a lot of top runners.
0: Yeah. I mean last year we had three all state. Three all-state boys runners and two top ten teams, so you know it's pretty good last year. And then two top fifteen teams and an all-state runner this year too. So it's not like this is a bad year by any means, but we got some youngsters compared to up. what it was last year. I guess it's different. So yeah, so yeah, and then the girls side too. It would have been nice to get Northridge down as a team, but you know it's tough. It's tough to get out, but the three the three that went down all did very well.
1: Ended it. On a high note. Cross country.
0: Yes. And Evan bows. So I guess that means we're moving on to volleyball, which... Yeah. It's my analysis. Northwood uh, dropped 3-0. Match to Belmont.
1: Every time. It's a kryptonite.
0: Fun fact, if you read my story from Saturday night. Northwood has lost 15 straight sets now to Belmont. So... They were up 2-0 in that regional final in 2019. Lost three in a row there. Lost in 2020-21. And then lost two 3-0s this year. So that's 15 straight sets. And they've been pretty close sets. I mean, three 26-24s earlier this year. You had 25-20, 25-22 this year. It's not like they're getting rolled over. It's uh, They have had some competitive moments. They've had chances to win some of these sets at least. Make the match go longer. And... Uh, Belmont just finds a way to win, man. It just, you know, 25-20, 25-22, 25-10 for uh, Saturday night.
1: What happened in that last set, you think?
0: I think it was a combination of just, like, Northwood. I want to say Northwood, like, lost lost a step. That sounds bad. But, like, they, you could just tell, like, the emotions, like, of losing that second set were, hurt them, you know. Mm-hmm. And Belmont was right there to just take over. Um, you know, just yeah, Belmont just overwhelmed them. They had just some really good players, and, like, that's it. You know, it's Delaney Watson for... Uh, the Braves. The Braves, yeah, Belmont. 24 kills on 38 attempts, 63%. It's pretty good for volleyball.
1: For those listening at home, that's a high number.
0: That's a really good number. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, so it just, uh, you know, Northwood, Northwood had some moments. You know, they... First two sets were very similar. we like, Belmont went up early. Call, Northwood calls timeout. They come out of the timeout. Northwood makes a run. They take a lead. Kind of goes back and forth in the middle of the set. Like, it was, second set was 17-all. You know, it was right there. Third, first set was similar. It was 13-13 or whatever, 14-14. I forgot where it was last tied. But they were within two, three points, like, the whole way. Mm. And then Belmont just closed, like, 4-0 run, 5-0 run, late. Just gets enough separation where Northwood can't come back and and then the third set it was just they had a couple of those big runs. Like no nothing Northwood did in the third set was working, you know, so yeah, it just it happens. I mean Northwood's still a good team, twenty eight and seven, had a great year, but Belmont is uh just just a step above. That's it's a different level than uh
1: The Panthers took a step this year that they hadn't in a long time win that regional championship. Got to be happy with that. Obviously, it's annoying to lose to Belmont again. Just can't get over that hump. But to get to semi-state, it's pretty sick.
0: I agree. So, um, And, you know, again, Belmont will move up, I believe, to 4A next year because it's a success factor. So, yay. Yeah. But Northwood has a lot coming back. You know, Claire Payne, Sophia Barber, Karis Bennett, Hannah Chupp, Emory Porter. I mean, they got five of the six starters basically Macy Loniger is the one you have to replace Mm -hmm. that's a big piece to replace of course but they um they should be in good shape in theory like you know next year
1: I mean yeah obviously you lose an important senior leader both on and off the court but if you're going to return five of six starters and especially if your kryptonite's not going to be in the same class next year look out for the Panthers again
0: Mm -hmm. um yeah so that's it for volleyball um, kind of went again. It's another season that kind of went according to script for the most part. Like, no one really surprised. I mean, some Northridge and Concord had some nice seasons, but mm. Elkhart winning the NIC was cool because they got to be Penn But uh, you know, for the most part, I think we kind of figured Northwood would have a chance to make it this far, and they did. And you know that's that's what happened. So like, yep. That's a, that's it. Put a bow on that. So two uh, bows. Yep. Uh, okay, one sport we cannot put a bow on just yet: football. Naturally, because it never ends. Um,
1: well, it, it may not end. It may never for a end. while.
0: Never. At least, at least we have two more weeks. Mm-hmm. So yeah, let's probably. talk about it this week. We have three Elkhart County-based sectional football championship games. Fun fact: all nice. of them, all of them, taking place in the great Elkhart County. Um, <laughs> the great. It's robust, uh, uh, it's, magnificent. It's um, class, we'll start with we'll go big, big. You want to go big to small or small to big?
1: Maybe small to big.
0: Small to big, so we'll work our way up. Okay, Class Three A, Sectional Twenty Six, Championship Game, Knox, Eight and Three at Gymtown, Nine and Two. This is a uh, a big game. Fourth straight year the Jimmies are playing for a sectional championship. They have not won any of the previous encounters. They lost to Mishawaka Marion all three years. Uh, good news for them, Marion is not there. Bad news, Knox is good. So um, <laughs> Knox is eight and three. Their three losses are to uh, Rochester, who is a top ten team in two A. Lost to them by two. Uh, they lost to North Judson by 26, but North Judson also a very good 1A team. And they lost to uh, Laville by one point, who just lost to Andrean. Laville was 10-0, mm-hmm. ranked number two in the final poll, lost to a really good Andrean team. So, um, Knox's strength of schedule, very, very, very good. Um, took care of everyone else that they had on their schedule. Rolled through Lakeland in the sectional opener. Took care of West Noble on Friday night, 22-0. Uh, they had... Uh, I'm trying to think. Oh, West Noble had four turnovers, which wasn't ideal, but Knox mm-hmm. was obviously a good enough team to force those turnovers. Right. Um, I'm Trying to pull up the game. I know I had the story, but I cannot find it. So,
1: Which game are you for- referring to? The West
0: Oval. I was trying to find West Noble Knox. Because Knox has not posted any of their stats online. Oh, yeah. Anywhere, Um, which is not great. Uh, I like being able to have, you know. Something. Something to pull from. Um, I'm trying to. There we go. So, Knox runs a big, like, triple option rushing attack type team, coached by Russ Radke, who is second winningest coach in state history. Um, 387 wins in 45 seasons. One state title at Griffith in the 90s. Coached New Prairie to a state championship game. Coached North Judson to a couple state championship games. Um, the Redskins, they are the Redskins. Knox. <laughs> uh, they had 392 yards of total offense. Uh, they had a guy go for 146 yards on 21 carries and another guy for 103 yards on 13 carries. So they run the ball a lot. Um, so, and Jimtown likes to run the ball too. So they do. Jimtown uh, the won last week over John Glenn in their semifinal game. Uh, Connor Watts, 104 yards rushing and a touchdown. Sam Gardner had a rushing touchdown. Bishop Williams had two rushing t- two rushing touchdowns from the quarterback position. Um, they also forced four turnovers in the game last week, so good defensive effort as well against Glenn. Um,
1: Both teams have played Glenn.
0: John Jimtown's beaten Glenn twice. Mm-hmm. Knox beat Glenn, I believe, 42-21. Correct. Back in week four or five somewhere around there five
1: September 16th which would be week five
0: yes right after they lost to Jimtown Knox beat them up mm-hmm. so yeah um, yeah I, I mean I think on paper like Knox is the favorite but it's also like a longer trip to Jimtown and first road game in the playoffs for Knox um, Jimmies are playing well they got a lot of confidence haven't
1: lost in a long long time
0: haven't yeah and their only two losses are to teams who are playing for sectional championships this week, uh, Concord and Northwood. So, um, yeah, I, I it feels like a toss up more so. But I think Knox slight favorite. Just the way that they've been playing, that and then their strength of schedule. You can't sneeze at that. Jimtown. No, no offense to their nine wins, but you know, who have they really beaten in those nine games?
1: Not a lot of marquee victories in those nine games. They won the games they're supposed to, which you have to give them credit for. Obviously. Right to get to a sectional championship regardless and win games isn't easy, but if you compare the strength of schedules, it doesn't, you know, match up. Yeah. You looked a little confused there. As a-
0: I'm just trying to make sure the audio is still <laughs> going on this thing because that would be bad if it wasn't. Um, Yeah, I'm trying to figure out why we're... If this sounds weird, just know that we're trying to... We had some weird... Whoever came in here in the week between us maybe moved some things around and I can't figure it out. messed it up. So if, I, if we sound stupid...
1: Sorry. It's only so partially our, our it's only so partially
0: our fault. our fault. Um yeah, it it's um should be an interesting game. I really do think it's all three of our games, I think, honestly are toss ups and to an extent. I think, you know, there's there's favorites on paper, but I don't I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, whoever wins these games on Friday night, nothing would stun me at this point. So.
1: Mm-mm. I mean especially I mean at this point of the season. Right, playoffs,
0: everyone's playing well. Everyone's won at least one playoff game. Everyone's really confident. Yeah, everyone's yeah. What's the there? confidence level? It's yeah. high. No kidding. Really. <laughs> at, when you're one sectional games, yeah, I would be too. Um, you know there's only 96 teams left in the state playing this week. So
1: So if you're one of those 96, you're feeling good regardless. Yeah. Let's just be honest here.
0: Let's uh 4A game sectional 18 northridge northwood part four part four (laughs) of the last two two years years. (laughs) uh september 21st 2021 northridge sorry northwood 42 at northridge 8 october 7th 2021 sectional opener last year northridge 28 at northwood 7 september 9th regular season game this year northwood 42 at northridge 7 the two regular season games in Middlebury, blowouts for the Panthers. The mm-hmm. game in Napanee last year in the postseason, a win for Northridge. Relatively comfortable fashion. Guess where the game's at this week? Northwood. Northwood. <laughs> so, um, obviously the line is Northridge minus 21, of course. If you're that going by <laughs> history, Northridge minus 21 is a fair line. So. If you're uh, a betting
1: person, uh, I would... Uh... Take the plus 21. Probably take the plus 21,
0: (laughs) yeah. Uh, The real line, I would say, is probably Northwood minus 10. If you're going to actually hypothesize a line. We haven't had Sean Pahensky tweet out his lines in a couple weeks.
1: He's like, maybe... Maybe 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 he
0: got in trouble for that. (laughs) Maybe. maybe He is is an official, so like...
1: Right. Yeah, um, I feel like minus 10 is maybe a little egregious. Seven? Yeah. It's got to be at least a touchdown. Closer to seven.
0: I'm getting warm in here, so I'm gonna just turn off. I don't know. I'm, I gotta like loosen the jacket a little bit because I'm breathing. I'm, I'm right under the heater, I think. I don't see. I feel that, it right over there. I think so. <laughs> I feel it directly. That's all I know.
1: I mean, I feel like I'm under something. You, here.
0: Yeah, I don't know. This room is not set up to <laughs> for people who sweat, so this is great. Um, okay, back to Northridge Northwood. This is actually a great game. Um, so Northwood last week took care of business. South Bend St. Joe fifty-two twenty-four. Um, Panthers are a little shorthanded right now, as I think everyone is aware um, that it follows this team, follows the area football scene. Pretty obvious what's going on, so we don't really need to talk about it on here, I think. So mm. uh, The only noticeable difference for Northwood in their offense this last week is they ran the ball a lot more. Mm-hmm. They had 276 rushing yards, only 92 through the air, and of those 92 passing yards, 44 of them came on a touchdown pass from Natarian Tuggle, and 35 of them came on another touchdown pass from Caden Lone. So, they really just hit two big passing plays. Only attempted eight passes total in the game. Uh, ran the ball effectively. Um, it's only the third time all year that Wallace, uh, Northwood has ran for more yards than thrown. East Oble and see the other two games this year that they ran the ball more. Uh, this is a little fun fact for you. Um, you did
1: pull it up. That I was, did. That was a good fact. I, I
0: figured it had to be so, – they've obviously been – a. R- a pass-first offense, um, and when you have guys like Tuggle and J.J. Payne and Parker Philly and you know Keegan Stats and Trey Woods and even Wes Yoder out of the backfield, like, yeah, you're going to throw the ball. Um, Wes Yoder had 245 all-purpose yards Friday. Natarian Tuggle, 209. Uh, Tuggle returned a kickoff, 91 yards through the 44-yard touchdown pass, had 80 yards rushing and two touchdowns. Yoder had a big kickoff return to start the game ran it back about 70 yards to the 10-yard line. Then he also had 140 yards rushing and a touchdown. Um, yeah. They looked good. Shocking. Like, they still have a lot of talent on that team, despite their, uh, you know, questionable That's... who's available, who's not available moments right now. Um, they are still really deep, really good, and uh,
1: yeah. That's what I was going to say. Like, we've watched them multiple times this season, and – it helps that they have depth, helps that they have talent in almost every position. So, even if you lose some marquee guys, they're still good enough to beat multiple teams. Obviously, I think they're still good enough to win this Friday without those guys. Probably good enough to win the next Friday, potentially. I mean, what you're looking at potentially New Prairie if they win?
0: New Prairie or Hobart is the One other of those teams. Yeah, yeah, and it's going to be a road game no matter what for Northwood.
1: Mm-hmm. So, obviously. You would like to have them back for the regional game. Obviously, they won't, so that makes things more difficult. But uh, we'll have to we'll have to wait and see. We have to see if they can get past the Raiders because we know the Raiders are like, oh, we remember what happened last year, so they're going to be confident. Yeah, you know, and I so.
0: and I uh I just I talked I talked to all of our area coaches already going in. Well, you know, for our preview this week, and I just got off the phone with Chad Eppley, and he was you know I asked him like, what's is there any pressure really on you guys? I mean. Northridge is a defending sectional champion, and mm-hmm. they beat them last year. But Northwood is the team that's eleven and zero with the ranking, you know, number three. Like, so he was like, you know, we really don't have any pressure on us to go out there. Like, we're not supposed to win this game again. Like, you know, like we haven't, you know, they've been the underdog, you know, pretty much. I mean, they are favored against Riley, but last week it was a toss up, mm-hmm. and this year they're this week they're definitely the underdog, and they are they're comfortable with that. I mean, they've played underdog for most of the last two years, so in the postseason. So, uh, he seems, it seems like they seem like they're pretty fine. Like they're, they're comfortable, you know, and they, they do a lot of things. Well, I mean, they, they have a pretty good balance. Derek Sherwood coming in the last couple of weeks to replace McLean Miller due to injury. He's running the ball. Well, uh, Cade Carrington still at 260 passing yards last week. Um, you know, two dynamic receivers, Jethro Rock Tyler Cade signs, um, and how about, like, shout out Bo, uh, Bo Bojanic? I don't know how to say his last name, but he had 20 total tackles Saturday or Friday. Like, 20? That's insane. That's a lot of tackles. 20? 20. Yeah. He had five solo and he had 15 assists, according to the stat sheet on Max Preps. Stopping that run game, man. Stopping that Logan Sport run game.
1: That's crazy. Yeah. Wow. And I'm just reading this Logan Sport story and I realized that uh, I got... Something messed up in the second quarter, but let's not worry about that. You got let's something wrong in the second
0: quarter. <laughs> Come on, man.
1: Yeah, Logan Sports scored a touchdown in the second quarter, and I failed to mention that. I guess
0: that's fine. People that's right. people figured it out. Yeah. Uh, yeah so I, I I think Northwood, sh- like Northwood, is the favorite. I don't. I don't, I don't want to say they should win. If Northwood was at full strength, then yes, they should win. But it's it's still going to be like this is a real test. No offense to St. Joe, this is a real test for Northwood now to to see how their depth handles this. You know, if they really are what we think they are in terms of that skill level and depth. Mm -hmm. Because you know, it's one thing to be able to beat St. Joe, who's you know hasn't had a great year. Northridge has some nice wins this year now. You know, they beat Logan Sport. They're playing well. They have talent on both sides of the ball. Like this is a real, this is a real test. I again, nothing would surprise me this Friday night, just because you know all all three of our games have teams that are playing well right now, and yeah, I just I wouldn't be surprised if Northridge won.
1: Me neither. They played well, especially if they play like they did last Friday. They were very, very clean. One of the best performances from uh, not shooting yourself in the foot a lot. Perspective, Yeah. No turnovers, only three penalties. Impressive. Northridge is one of the most penalized teams in the conference this year, and they like to turn the ball over and put themselves in positions they shouldn't, but they didn't really do that against a really good Logan support team on Friday and ended up winning by 10. So if they do that, they give themselves more of a chance. They can't afford a lot of turnovers or a lot of penalties against a team like Northwood, obviously, because that's going to – that's going to really kill them if they do that. So
0: They could just bottle their performance up from last week and bring it over to this week. They definitely have a chance.
1: Yeah, Logan Sport could not defend Northridge's offense, especially through the air. I mean, obviously, when you have three wide receivers that you can throw to. Clark, Signs, Hosteller for the Raiders. All three guys had good games against Logan Sport. Obviously, in the run game, you lose McLean Miller. He's been injured last couple games in the playoffs, but Derek Sherwood, sophomore backup, he rushed for 120 yards and a couple touchdowns. So he's doing a good job on the ground. Kate Carrington's been solid. So, I mean, with Northwood missing some pieces defensively, it's, I mean, we'll see what the Raiders can end up doing, but they've been playing well, and Northridge's defense did good against the Logansport Point running attack. That uh, has been solid this season. And they only allow 252 yards of total offense to the Berries. So, coming off a great game. Like, they should be feeling great about themselves. And hopefully, for the Raiders, that can kind of move on into Friday in Napanee over at Andrews Field. 7 p.m. kickoff.
0: Yes. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I I will be there. You'll be there. Yeah, like, it's a claim. uh, Editor, you know, as editor, I get to pick where I get to go. That was an assumption. More times than not. But uh yeah, that was an easy one for me. Two area teams, big game, a lot of stakes. A lot of stakes. A lot of stakes. Um I believe you covered both Northridge Northwood games last year, and now I will cover both Northridge Northwood games this year. So yeah. I was there seven weeks ago when Northwood obliterated them. Mm-hmm. Thought it was gonna be a good game. Northridge couldn't get out of their own way. And Northwood played well too, but Northridge really couldn't get out of their own way.
1: So yeah, that's the thing.
0: Big deal. Uh and then we have another rematch in the Class 5A Sectional 11 Championship. The NLC will get two, at least two sectional champions this week, guaranteed. It congratulations NLC, yeah. Mishawaka, nine and one at Concord, five and five. Uh, Concord has played a lot better the last five weeks or so, mm-hmm. give or take. Since they, it kind of came all together for them when they beat Goshen in the first regular season game, and then. They played Northridge down on the wire. They played this Mishawaka team down on the wire. Uh, they obliterated Plymouth and then Goshen again in the playoffs last week. But, um, I, look, Concord only lost to Mishawaka 15-11, and they had the ball driving to take the lead late in the game, and they fumbled. So, I'm not saying it's going to repeat itself, but, like,
1: Concord's not going to – I mean, it's not like they're not Con- – Concord's not – they're not
0: afraid. Like, yeah. that's the thing. I And I talked with Craig Kaler about it. He's like – I asked him, like, you know, how much does like that game just could kind of give you confidence because you guys played them close. And he's like, yeah, I mean, if we played them six weeks ago or seven weeks ago when we were inexperienced and not doing things well, like, you know, and we hadn't run off the field, we probably wouldn't be feeling the same way we are going into this week right now because mm-hmm. we, know, we know we've seen it that we can play with these guys. So it's going to be fascinating – uh, you know, obviously, Mishawaka running that triple option flexbone offense that I know Coach Kaler loves. Mm-hmm. Uh, he just loves the triple option offense. I hope he listens to this.
1: Sarcasm? Perhaps. Oh, he <laughs> he's like,
0: called me on Sunday. He's like, yep, we've been working all day. Nothing more exciting than watching the flex bone offense, let me tell you. So,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, Mishawaka had 406 yards of offense against Concord in the first game, all on the ground.
1: Expected, 60, yeah, expected, 60
0: carries, 60 carries. They threw twice, over 2 passing. Um, Chase Gooden, 149 yards, and Brady Fisher, 107 for Mishawaka in the game. Uh, the touchdowns were scored by Novell Miller, Ethan Bryce. Uh, Concord's touchdown was scored by Armin Koltukian on a touchdown pass. Koltukian also had 12.5 tackles, so you're going to probably need a big game from him again. Given he's a defensive lineman slash linebacker, going against the triple option, you're going to need him to have probably 12-15 tackles easily give you a chance Um, yeah this is another game I wouldn't be surprised if Concord won
1: so you wouldn't be surprised if we get three coverage area teams uh, winning sectional titles yeah
0: it's definitely a possibility it's definitely a possibility again we're guaranteed the one
1: Mm,
0: no matter what so um, but Concord has played well they have figured out something the last five weeks or so you know Hudson Glance has played a lot better Mm -hmm. um and Craig even admitted like yeah we're not a perfect offensive team yet but we're playing better Titus Hackworth has been good on the ground Koltukian has been you know his normal self being a beast you know um yeah I mean they're five and five but they're not playing like a five and five team
1: Their best players have to make plays in this situation. That's I mean, Armin's got to have a big game. They got to force turnovers. They got to get off Mm -hmm. the
0: field. I mean, it's got to be similar to how Northwood beat Mishawaka, where you just you can give up the three yard, four yard runs. You can't give up any big runs. That's why Northwood beat them. You know, they were able to, you know, live with the with the paper cuts. You know, as long as you don't get actually cut, basically that's what Mm -hmm. the. So, Northwood gave up no big. Big plays against Mishawaka, and then they forced turnovers when they when they got close to the goal line. So that's that's the that's the key for Concord. You got to be able to force turnovers and not, and prevent the big play. So and that triple option, boring, boring as heck offense to watch.
1: It is, but time flies. Let me tell you. Oh yeah. So that's always nice for us.
0: Yeah. Okay. The stage is set for high school football. Speaking of uh, sports, I'm just gonna see, speaking of sports, I don't know. I'm trying to think of a, segue, a segue. Trying to segue to the Maple Leaf Minute. Uh, speaking of winter sports, girls' basketball begins Tuesday night tonight. Yes, basketball though has already started at Goshen College. There you go. Worked worked it in.
1: That's all right. Yeah. That, the first attempt. The first
0: attempt was bad. Speaking of sports. Uh, <laughs> speaking of. Basketball is my favorite sport, and Dante Stanton will have you a little, little more info for you on uh, the Goshen College aspects of it. So, uh, Dante, take it away.
2: Reporting for 91.1 The Globe, I'm Dante with your Maple Leaf Minute. We start with men's soccer. They hit the road on Wednesday to take on Spring Arbor University and were blanked at a tough loss 4-0. To they ended the regular season on the road at Huntington University with the conference tournament bid on the line. The Leafs fell short 3-1. That wraps up the season for GC men's soccer as they finished 2-12-3 overall. To women's soccer now. They started the week off on a tough note. They fell 6-0 against the nationally ranked Spring Harbor Cougars at home, but their fortunes turned on Saturday. When with the 8th seed in the Crossroads League tournament on the line, GC captured a 1-0 win on senior night over Huntington, thanks to a goal in the 38th minute from Lexi Adamchek. The Leafs will be back in action this next Saturday for tournament quarterfinals against Marion. Women's volleyball also rounded out their season this week. They were swept in all three matches against Spring Arbor on Wednesday, Taylor on Friday, and the Bethel Pilots on Saturday. Basketball season tipped off for GC this week. Women's basketball shot off to a hot start, defeating William Jessup 75-68 on Friday and a furious fourth quarter surge. In day two of the Root Gunner Memorial Classic, the team stayed strong, pummeling Trinity International 79-51. The Leafs start 2-0. To the men's side, they tipped off their season on Saturday as well, but fell in close fashion to the University of Northwestern Ohio, 84-81 to final score. Greg Johnson led the way for the Leafs with 26 points, three rebounds, and four assists in a losing effort. That wraps up your Maple Leaf Minute. Tune in next week for more Maple Leaf sports.
0: Thank you, Dante, for the Maple Leaf Minute. Minute 20 this week, but it's close enough. We'll
1: Minute um, half.
0: How about that? Basketball's back, dude.
1: We'll be there. Tomorrow.
0: Wednesday, yeah. Wednesday. The women, 2-0. Women's basketball. Welcome no, in IU Kokomo. No
1: women's basketball. It's
0: women's basketball. I'm saying, I'm saying they I'm are grown women. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. They're 18 <laughs> to 24-year-old women. Okay. 24? I don't know. Maybe there's some graduate seniors on there. I don't know. I don't know how old they get.
1: 27? They're in their early 20s, you yeah. know, playing basketball at college. Anyway. Um, IU Kokomo.
0: They're playing IU Kokomo.
1: At... Uh, Ruth Gundon. Ruth Gundon Gymnasium. Gymnasium. Yes. Home of the Leafs of the Maple Variety. I'm
0: I'm very excited to see uh, Dash in action for the first time. I've since his grand reveal. I saw his grand reveal, but I'm gonna guess Dash will be there, right?
1: You better snap a photo of him.
0: I better. I don't have enough photos of him from his debut. You know, I got to get some more. Got to see
1: him in action. In like, I know the the field. You know, I hope I he
0: like. I hope he's out there like in between. You know, during timeouts, like getting the crowd pumped. You know, getting the student section into it. So,
1: Daniel S. Scott would be really disappointed if he's not. You know, giving the energy.
0: I know. <laughs> I wonder if Daniel's going to get in the suit.
1: Suit. Um, I doubt it though. Yeah. But you never know.
0: Speaking of. Uh, being disappointed, I'm sure Syracuse fans are being disappointed right now in their football team because uh, Notre Dame whooped them. We suck again. What? Don't swear, dude. What the heck? We stink again.
1: Suck is it a bad word.
0: You said it twice now. Please don't I'm say gonna it gonna again.
1: Say it one more time, because I don't think it's a bad word.
0: Uh, it's a. It's not not a great word.
1: Who said we can't say that word? Like me. Whatever. Whatever, bro. Anyway, no yeah, one's no the, one's listening. So it's Notre fine. Dame. Notre Dame. Playing well.
0: They're back. I think. Okay, so to recap the stretch of this show, the history of our podcast and Notre Dame season, after week two, we said they stink. I think it was after the UNC game. They're They're like, we're back. No (laughs) BYU, we're back. They're back. Stanford, we stink again. Syracuse, we're back. So we're like, we're riding the wave. They're five and three. Here comes Clemson. It's
1: perfect for another Saturday night. Another wave down. Wait, wait.
0: Saturday night, Clemson coming to town. Number five in the AP poll. First college football playoff poll Tuesday night here. That's... Tonight? Yeah.
1: Or next Tuesday?
0: This night. If you're listening to this podcast, chances are the CFP poll, is either about to come out or it already has come out if you're listening to this podcast.
1: Right. Yep. Okay. I didn't even know that. That's cool. I've yeah. I've seen nothing about that. Yeah, which is crazy.
0: It's been everywhere. You've been preoccupied this weekend, so
1: yeah, I haven't I haven't been on my phone much at all the last few days. Um, yeah, the Irish, Drew Pine, nine of nineteen for 116 yards, one touchdown, one pick. He won. And the Irish, uh, they only had 362 total yards, which is not a lot when you score 41 points.
0: Pick six helped. Block yep. punt helped. Obviously,
1: two turnovers from the Orange, and they got 14 points off those turnovers, so that helps. In yeah. The, and they,
0: Pick six on the first play of the game. Yeah. And then you block a punt and you start the five yard line. Like
1: they love blocking those punts. Yeah,
0: they're really good at it. The
1: special teams is impressive.
0: Shout out that guy.
1: It was really the running game too. Two hundred and forty-six total yards, three touchdowns on the ground combined for Notre Dame against Syracuse, Audrey Estime, 123 yards and two touchdowns just by himself. So it's pretty clear that if they run the ball well. And the defense plays well, get some turnovers. Notre Dame's hard to beat, but kidding, they can't be relied on and and through the air. That's the issue. So if they get down, Clemson early, they're going to be in trouble on Saturday. That's the bottom line.
0: Yeah, Ian Book's not walking through that door. So Mm-mm. he actually might maybe there's like a fan. He might be there a, yeah, He might walk almost, through the door. He just can't hands. play. He can't. No eligibility left. Um, yeah, I. Seems like Notre Dame, you know, a lot of the times in recent years, too. I mean, even with Ian Book being a pretty solid quarterback, like their identity has been run the ball and then, you know, get turnover, stop the run, like the other, on the other ways, you know? Mm -hmm. So their offensive line was just bigger than Syracuse's defensive line and they mauled them. Mm -hmm. All the runs were pretty much up the middle. They're like, we're not even going to try to go sideline to sideline. We're just going to run right at you. Good luck. Probably can't do that against Clemson. Um, you're going to try to. They're going to try to, at least. We'll see what happens. Hmm. Um, but, yeah, if they're going to be successful through the pass game, it's like Michael Maris going to have to have a huge game. You know, which receiver do you trust? You're going to step up and, you know. So, Almost I, many, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I Notre Dame's only a three-and-a-half-point favorite, which – or, sorry, Clemson's only a three-and-a-half-point favorite, which, you know, Clemson has – like, they've won, but they haven't looked impressive. Yeah, who's, I mean, they the,
1: should have lost to Syracuse. They
0: should have lost to. Champions they had Wake Wake Forest was a game that could have gone either way. NC mm. State was a game that could have gone either way. Like they have played three games where they could have easily lost them, so it's it's hard to gauge how good they are. They've had a bye week now to figure some things out. Um, DJ Younggale is going to start quarterback, but they got the uh, freshman kid who's pretty good too. Uh, whose name escapes me, that but everyone loves him. So
1: yeah, he was in against Syracuse, helped spark him. Yep. They ended up winning. So, I do say because of him, but they did end up winning, and that could have been a part of the, part of that. So yeah, give me DJ though. Yeah, I think
0: it's gonna start. It's you know two years ago this week, he was making his first start for Clemson at Notre Dame because Lawrence Trevor Lawrence was sick or got the COVID, couldn't mm-hmm. play. He was still on the sideline. Trevor Lawrence was still on the sideline. He tested like fine but he didn't he didn't clear the protocols to play so he had to still be there mm-hmm. um it was the signature win really of the brian kelly era i mean that in 2012 against oklahoma probably the two biggest wins you know notre dame beat number one clemson 47 40 double overtime crazy game one of the best games of the year that year um all 10,000 students that were there because of covid <laughs> were rushed the field um so i mean you, it should be a great crowd saturday night like Notre Dame Stadium isn't the loudest place in the world. I would think it's going to be pretty loud Saturday night. Even if, even though Notre Dame has been struggling, it is still Clemson. They have played a, a lot the last couple of years, whether it be in the playoff or the regular season. Like this is like the fifth or sixth meeting since 2014. You know they've had close games. You know at times some
1: not so close. games. Some not close. Some
0: <laughs> some others not so much. But they have played. Notre Dame has beat them at least once. There's the bring your own guts game from 2014 or 15 when they played in a monsoon at Clemson and Notre Dame lost on a two point conversion at the end. Like, and then yeah, Dabo is infamous bring your own guts comment after. Yeah, Yeah, so they played in the playoff twice, or they played in the playoff once. They played in the ACC championship game. You know they've they've played a lot. So this is like
1: it's low key rivalry.
0: It's like a mini rivalry. Like it's I wouldn't call it a true rivalry, but this is like I I would anticipate a pretty pretty electric crowd Saturday night. So,
1: decent amount of Clemson fans too, I'm sure.
0: Yeah, I'm sure there will be cuz they couldn't go in 2020. This is one of those like for as much as people fault Notre Dame Stadium for not being too loud, mm-hmm. it's still one of the arc like iconic landmark venues to attend as yep. a college football fan and Clemson this is the first true road game that Clemson has played here because they didn't get to come in 2020 because of all the restrictions with the COVID pandemic. Mm-hmm. So, I would expect some a fair amount of orange to be in the crowd on Saturday night.
1: Place can be How much
0: proactive. orange, we'll see. That's going to be the issue. But I think it'll be, you know, 80-20 Notre Dame. But that place has been 50-50 before. I mean, Cincinnati brought a lot. Georgia Georgia, Georgia in 2017 brought a lot. Um, I don't think it's going to be 80-20. What do you think it's going to be?
1: 70-30. Yeah. Maybe, maybe 65 almost I
0: almost, almost went 70-30. I'm trying to give Notre Dame fans credit here. Trying to be generous.
1: Um, they show up still. They, they did a decent job of showing up even when they were 3-3 three and three and the game was against UNLV. So, I'm, I'm not going to bad talk to Notre Dame fans. Won't do it.
0: Yeah. Um, anything else from uh, the past couple days? Sports world. I mean, Mizzou's back, so great. Uh, that's great. Mizzou, Mizzou nice could win. easily be undefeated in the SEC. They just get in their own way all the time. Uh, the Bears have traded every every important defensive player they've ever had. But they also got Chase Claypool, so Notre Dame.
1: They're working on the offense. They're like, we just want our defense to be bad.
0: We're going to play shootouts the rest of the year. We have no defense, and we have an offense that's playing better. So let's just go 38-35 every game. Um, World Series? Yeah, World Series rained out. It's unfortunate. I wrote this uh, rundown before we uh, before the World Series game got postponed.
1: But uh, two well, games in, the series has died.
0: Yep, Phillies won Game One. Mm-hmm. Astros won Game Two. We are in Philadelphia for the rest of the ser- for the next three nights. Wow! On Thursday night, you will have the Phillies playing the Astros in Game Five of the World Series at, in Philadelphia, and then in Houston, you'll have the Texans playing the Philadelphia Eagles. So you will mm-hmm. have the overlap. It's only this. I saw this on ESPN's little Twitter feed, stats and info. It's the seventh time. In history, where a World Series game is overlapped with the NFL game, where the cities are like the same or the metro areas, the hmm. last one was um, the Rams when they were still in St. Louis playing the uh, Cowboys, same time as the Cardinals, uh, Cardinals, Rangers World Series.
1: Huh. When was that? Twenty eleven. Twenty eleven. Okay
0: so it's been 11 years 2011 that World Series was also also the last time a game got postponed due to rain in the World Series so weird yeah just coincidental so uh, anything anything you want to add from the uh, greater world landscape
1: Florida tough
0: almost covered (laughs) Yeah, I mean, got very close to covering. They did cover. Lost by twenty two. Twenty
1: two and a half. Um I saw twenty one and a half. Twenty three and a half, I saw two. I think it grew. But um yeah, that sucked. hope oh, I said it again. Um let's see this weekend though, number one Georgia versus number two Tennessee.
0: Should be fun. Number tied for number two Tennessee. Come on. Tied with uh, Ohio State. Yeah, yeah whatever. Yeah. It's, just, uh, it's number one that. versus number two. It's cool. Yeah, that should be fun. Tennessee whooped Kentucky. Whooped them.
1: Tennessee's for real. For real.
0: They'll probably be number one in the college football playoff poll. I bet. Tennessee. Tennessee has the best win.
1: Bama. Kentucky yeah. was technically ranked.
0: Yeah. And they haven't. They haven't shown any sort of vulnerability so far this year. Like Alabama game was back and forth, but you expected that to be back and forth. Mm. Georgia dang near lost to Missouri. Okay? Yep. Struggled for a half with Kent State. Like, Georgia has, like, if you're going to play the nitpicking game, Georgia beat Oregon by 46. That's incredible to think about, because Oregon's really good right now. Mm-hmm. So that's maybe the best win of the year, just by terms of, like, win total and where those teams are now. Right. But that was week one, so I think, I think it's going to go 10... And this this poll doesn't matter, because they're all going to play each other in the next six weeks, and then we'll figure it out. But mm-hmm. the top four will probably be Tennessee, Georgia... Ohio State and then maybe Clemson maybe Alabama TCU TCU's in there TCU's undefeated 8-0 Big 12 leader
1: you saw what Bonek said like earlier this week no I saw that he said something about you believe that Oregon would beat Georgia the second time around with the way the teams are playing which is maybe true but it's like just to say that after you lose yeah. that, that it's hard much. to
0: say that it wasn't like it was a 10 point game dude it was 46 like you
1: lost by a ton yeah like wow
0: yeah Uh so yeah I, I think that's where we're going to be at and then you know USC will be somewhere in the top 10 Oregon will be in the top 10 Utah will be floating around there um yeah, it'll be interesting to see where like I'm 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 kind of intrigued to see where like Illinois is going to be. Illinois seven and one, playing well. Where's North Carolina going to be ranked? They're a similar team to Illinois. We're like, they should keep on winning, mm-hmm. and uh, they're going to be playing in their conference title games probably. Like Illinois is on the path to win the West in the Big Ten, and UNC's already pretty much clinched the Coastal Division in the uh, ACC. So where are they going to be? Where's Michigan? Michigan might be four. Forgot to mention the the Wolverines. Is Notre Dame
1: sneaking at five and three.
0: No, well they might they might be twenty fifth just for uh, you know
1: because they beat twenty five versus five. Yeah, UNC Rank- and Syracuse.
0: Syrac- hey, Notre Dame. Uh, yeah, Notre Dame. They got they're like thirtieth in the AP poll this week if you're gonna go by the receiving votes. So they're they're there. They do it. Notre Dame does have good wins on the resume. North Carolina, Syracuse they have
1: bad losses. <laughs> yeah, they
0: also have Marshall and Sanford. So Ooh, like
1: yeah, tough.
0: Yeah. I, part of me thinks like I wish the game was on the road this week just because Notre Dame would have a chance. But I think it's more Notre Dame plays at the level of their competition because we're going to find out Saturday: do they play the level of their competition or do they just play better on the road? Because they only like they they almost beat Ohio State week one, like kind of kind of figured about that. Like they were right there the whole way, mm-hmm. you know. But their their home games have just been against their bad teams: Marshall, Cal, Stanford. UN, UNLV is the only game where they took it to someone. Mm -hmm. Really, like, okay, like, and even that wasn't even, like, definitive. Like, it was 44-21, but it didn't feel like it. Right. They're weird, man. They're just a weird team. They're going through, like, first-year coach swings with this, and maybe that means they'll win on Saturday night.
1: Something's got to give here.
0: Drew Pine, four touchdown passes.
1: That would be a surprise to me, but uh, crazier things have happened. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, I'm good. Are you good? PG. Cool. That'll wrap up this edition of the Gosher News Sports Podcast. And thank you everyone for listening. We'll be back next week, better than ever, a lot of football talk again next week, maybe some early girls basketball thoughts.
1: As we, we get weekend, a couple games in.
0: As we get ready uh to shift from the Fall to the winter sports season. Crazy to think, we're almost. Winter's coming. Winter is coming. Literally, it's it's here. Almost, except sixty-five degrees right now,
1: which is awesome.
0: Yes. All right. Till next time.
1: So long.